Hi everyone, Brandon here with a few quick words before the podcast. In case you didn't know, Glass Tire is a nonprofit, and we are supported by readers and listeners like you. We're free to read thanks to all of our sponsors, and if you like what we do and think art criticism is important, please consider donating. All of the funds we receive go right back into the work we do, and the writers, editors, translators, videographers, and podcasters who cover art in Texas. If you visit glasstire.com donate, you can buy a ticket to our upcoming fundraiser, make a tax-deductible contribution to our work, or even pledge to make a monthly reoccurring donation. Every little bit truly does make a difference. Again, that's glasstire.com slash donate. Thanks for listening, and here's the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's Art Dirt, which is Glass Tire's podcast uh, about topical art topics. Uh, That's kind of an inside joke, that line, but I won't explain it again. This week, we are in Fort Worth. I am sitting in the studio of artist and curator uh, Terry Thornton of the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth. You're a curator of education at the Modern, and one thing that you are very well known for in this town and in this state is you're the curator of uh, an incredible long-running program called Tuesday Evenings at the Modern, uh, which you bring in guest speakers, generally artists, on Tuesday evenings, two seasons a year. Correct. To talk about their work, and sometimes uh, it's more expensive than that, but I've gotta say that it's been one of the most incredible and important and formative programs I've ever I mean it's one of the anyone I talk to who grew up around here it's been so inspirational and influential on the way we think about art and I want to say that so 25 years this is the 25th anniversary so welcome Terry Thornton Thank you. It's good to be here. We're in your art studio, and we're surrounded by your art right now, and I would like to talk about that in a little bit. You are a working, active artist as well as a curator at the museum. So anyway, congratulations on 25 years of Tuesday evenings. Now, right now, we're on hiatus, right? It starts up again in a couple of weeks. It does, yes. Uh, whatever that last Tuesday in February is, the okay. 20-something, whatever. Who is that going to be? It's going to be Susan York, okay. artist. Um who is in Santa Fe and New York? I met her as a person, as an art in Marfa. Mm-hmm. It happened, but I had come across her work in New York. So, what one thing that listen, listeners in Houston and San Antonio and Austin and Marfa and elsewhere in Texas, one thing you need to understand is Terry Thornton has brought in. I mean, she's brought in the big, the big guys, the big stars, the big art stars of the world, and fabulous thinkers, curators, writers, just. All these kind, and also just satellites of the art world. So, I mean, we've seen the best and the brightest on your stage at the museum Aww. talking about their work. And of course, every artist is different, and how they approach this Absolutely. is incredibly different. But t- will you tell us a little bit about one of the things that's most interesting about it is you are an artist. You're you're not just an academic. You're not just a person who went to school to be a curator. You're an artist, and you you approach this as an artist. I do. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I guess kind of the most basic um, the way that transpires 
uh, in a really basic way is that as an artist, I needed a day job, like most of us, mm -hmm. and so I had this lovely opportunity to work at The Modern um, a little more than 25 years ago now, and um, I knew that in doing that, I would get a much better paycheck and a lot better kind of opportunities than my prospects at the time, which was to be an adjunct mm. um, at universities throughout the Metroplex, which I did for a very brief moment, and mm -hmm. loved it and thought that was my future. But this offered, um, I thought, something more. And um, but I, I knew that I also was going to be giving up my, you know, three months a year of, of just, you know, straight studio time, right. and also whatever the my schedule would be as a possibly someday a professor in studio. So I thought, well, I've got to do something to um, nurture my studio. This, this job has to feed my studio. Mm -hmm. So on a, in a very selfish way, mm -hmm. I thought, who do I want to hear from? Who do I want to have a conversation with? Mm. And um, fortunately, the modern was receptive to that. No wonder this program is so good because it's coming, it's a, it's a, it's a labor of love for you. It's a labor of love. It's like a completely selfish act. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, I, I literally, so this existed before and I stepped into this position as well as all of the other positions that came under the umbrella of curator of education. But this one was, I, I could see this opening. And I have to say, everything I've ever done at the museum has also been equally selfish and self-serving. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, in that, re in that way, it's been good for that reason. Yeah. Um, but with this in particular, it existed um, for a, f a couple of years before I came on, and maybe a year or two before that. But um, it was still getting its sea legs, and um, it was it was pretty local, like um, it was great because as we both know, there's enormous talent throughout the Metroplex, but it was starting to circle around on itself, like the same people Well, what did were, that look like, whoa? Well, so, you know, the same people were like on their second or third rounds of giving lectures. And so we, we would all show up, and, and I had moved to Fort Worth at this time mm -hmm. after finishing graduate school. And um, we would all, you know, I would show up with those, you know, not kind of small showing of people that would show up to hear somebody we all knew talk about their work and ideas or a curator in the area or you know but it just which was all fine I mean like I was I was into that as you know somebody who was taking advantage of it mm -hmm. as a person in the community I was I loved it I couldn't believe my good fortune to move mm -hmm. into this place where I had this every Tuesday but um what I was surprised about when I got the job is that they were very supportive of expanding that and like, okay, so Fort Worth isn't, you know, either coast, but what if we brought those people here? Like what if, what if instead of it being, you know, all of, and it was a smaller group of artists. I mean, you know, the Metroplex keeps growing, so that's expanding, but you know, what if, instead of us taking turns doing lectures and listening to each other, mm -hmm. what if we brought in, what if I was able to bring people in that were going to feed our, our studio practices mm -hmm. as a community? What if It's I something could, that universities do. Right. right. What if I could serve that purpose? What if I could make that available to the public and make it available to them for free, which is, yeah. you know, congratulations to the modern for 
always um, prioritizing it and allowing this to happen because it's not an inexpensive program. And God, that's right. I mean, I didn't even mention that at the top. This is free, you guys. Mm-hmm. If you show up on time, and I granted sometimes it sells out, mm-hmm. in quotes sells out, it's, it's mm-hmm. so crowded that people spill out over into the uh, restaurant and bar area, but yeah, it's free. It's free. And, you know, I, I have not had to make the argument for that all that often. I mean, on occasion, it's mm. like, what are we doing here? And I have to remind, like, we're doing a public service. Um, but honestly, it's everybody's on board for that. So um, it's not an argument I really have to make. But well, who were some of the first like big names, like okay. East Coast, West Coast yeah. stars? Yeah. Okay, so in? let's let's see. Um, I actually I told you I was going to do this. I, I took some notes because I was afraid my mind would draw a blank. So somebody who had just moved to the Metroplex pretty early on, but um, she'd come from Houston. It was Annette Lawrence. Oh, yeah. And she did a really early one, and um, I liked her so much as a person, and I liked her work, but I had no idea how amazing her lecture was going to be. So Mm. in other words, I'm trying to sort of make the point that, like, we have that same talent in the Metroplex. Sure, absolutely. Um, But to give people access to people they wouldn't otherwise have direct access to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the internet, when I started this, was not something that people went to. Right. Um, So you kind of, you lived in the moment of whatever your experience was. But she came and did this um, where she's, you know, I mean, I think any of us who know Annette know that she, documentation's a big thing. Right. And she journals all the time. She, like, keeps track of her life, and she has this... I think archive that goes way back. Well, she, as I recall, and she'll have to like write in comments if I'm wrong here mm-hmm. <laughs> on this. But um, as I recall, she took her. Let's see. I wrote down the title. Same way was the title of the lecture, and she actually is the one who had me start recording these because of her. Oh well, thank you, Annette. I know because of her sensibilities about you. She doesn't do yeah, anything that you, doesn't get documented. Right, right. So, so she that day she came early and we went to like Tandy yeah. and bought a little <laughs> like, radio show. Yes, and they would like hit like play. I mean, they would hit record. Like I would get through with my my welcome and uh-huh. my intro, and then I would hit record and they would step up and start and then at the end they would hit stop i mean that is really exactly the technology we were using and that's thanks to annette lawrence but what she did (laughs) was she had um took all of her journals back to a certain date every tuesday Mm -hmm. and i think it was like she did a 10-year period or a 20-year period or whatever it was and she read that entry and then of course the last entry is i'm at the modern art museum i'm at the Modern Art Museum, I'm speaking on blah, 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 you know, and that was her entry for that day. It was like, I get chills thinking about now. I just listening I know. to you tell me that story. Isn't that beautiful? That's excellent. Now, yeah, and then, so other big So then you knew, it was like, okay, all bets are off. Yes. Artists are going to come in and they're going to do what they're going to do. And you know, do. I, do, I do have, you know, wonderful, amazing curators. Um, one of the people that I remember fondly was Julia Brown Terrell. 
um, who um, at the time curated the Rauschenberg Sculpture Show, which mm -hmm. was very, very momentous for me. I mean, that was early in my position there, and mm -hmm. I got to meet Rauschenberg, hang out with him, oh my gosh. and he was a sweetheart, you know, he he was in his mellow stage, yeah. so I got him at a good time, yeah. and he was lovely, but she was responsible for that, and she was all about ideas, and I, you know, I love people who love ideas yeah. and aren't afraid to show it. Um, so she came in and did, but that said, I think if you go back and you track it, it's mostly artists yeah. because I do have a real fondness for the brains of artists. Mm -hmm. I just think people, you know, laugh about artists not being good communicators and I just think that's, I think it's a load of crap. I mean, I think actually that's what artists do is they communicate. Right. It's, it, I think what people probably are referring to is that they want artists to speak as conventionally as everybody else exactly or in which such is, a linear way and that's absolutely not that's true that's antecedent to what they do yeah, yeah. and so if you ha if you go to tuesday evenings or if you've gone for any length of time you realize just again it's like snowflakes and thumbprints i mean every artist is so incredibly different from every other artist and all bets are off i've seen some talks at tuesday evenings where i I mean, I had no idea what I was getting into. Oh my gosh. It's really something. And whether the artist is giving the audience what it wants, in quotes, mm -hmm. or not, it's almost better when they don't. Oh no, I, my favorites are not entertainers. Right. And you, you have to sit there and wait with them for their ideas to form sometimes. Right. But that's real. Right. I mean, that end... And they're not going to tell you the answers to everything because chances are they don't know the answers to everything they're doing because they would stop doing it if they did, yeah. you know? So, so who are, so who were some of your favorite earlier people that you got yeah. in who you were like, okay, I'm doing the, this is the right track. I'm, I've got something going here. Marina Abramovich. <laughs> really? Yeah. What year was that? Do you know? I it was in, uh, spring 96. Yeah, early. Yeah. And she was, it was um, thanks to something at UNT. I can't remember exactly what she was doing with them, but I, I got on to that. I mean, and that was the way I, that she came to me, and it was fantastic. Um, Marina Abramovich, um, I have to say the art guys. They are regulars throughout. Oh, I know. Gosh, wow, yeah. No, they were... Um, they were made for this. They were made for it. And they would be the exception to the entertainer. Uh -huh. Because, but they were so much. They really understood what it was to entertain. Yes. And, and it wasn't for the sake of entertaining. It was in a way, being having that skill was more a vehicle for bringing the same kind of profound ambiguity that all good artists bring mm -hmm. i mean they they did that with excellence in other words it was a piece they were performing they were do, a, yes yeah, they were doing work yeah. yes which was like amazing too and um you know that you know they were houston but still it was it was nice to bring and they came several they've come several times throughout mm -hmm. the run but early on they came in fact you know one of the things that they do they would do is they would come to the museum and they would steal things out of everybody's office <laughs> so it was there was marla told everybody the director then and now um said okay everybody lock down because the art guys are coming in and and they were just you know they were 
demanding and fun and just all the things that we all know the art guys to be and um, you know <laughs> yeah I won't even I won't go into characterizing them but but Marla said for me because it was fairly early on she's like that's baptism by fire <laughs> you made it you made it through Michael and Jack so I think you're gonna be okay in this job and I I felt like I kind of felt like that like yeah, it was, and also I sort of won them over because they weren't like, you know, you had to, I had to kind of prove myself to mm -hmm. them. So that was, that was a bit of a victory. Oh. I'm sure that still happens. In fact, you're kind of proving yourself to yeah, some Yeah, a people. little bit. I mean, although, I mean, I, the reputation yeah. of Tuesday evenings is incredible. Well, yeah, I guess that's it. I, I kind of just attributed it to the fact that I'm getting older. So it's not all that unusual for me to be older than the person coming in. So. Right, right, right. So, um, so some, you know, in some ways. And um, also, I don't know if I was ever horribly afraid of other people or quote unquote famous people. That's not kind of my MO, but I'm really, you know, the more I've interacted with just a variety of people through this job, I don't fear other people. So there's, there's no, there's not a lot of intimidation. Well, what, how accommodating have you had to be? Like what are some of the strangest setups or requests that you've had or you know, or a challenging sort of presentation. Oh, like, there wow. was one guy who will remain nameless, and you wouldn't know him if I named him because he was of no consequence, but I inherited him. <laughs> and he was, oh my goodness. So off the record, you're going to tell me who this guy is. I will, but again, you'll have to like Google him, and you probably won't, I don't even know if you'll find him. He was, um, I, I won't even go into what happened with him because the few people, well, actually it was a pretty, packed room that was the other thing is that we started out where um we'd have like i remember like this poet who was like nationally if not internationally known poet came and i think we had like eight people yeah. it was early early on and then it was like i got up like we had about 30 people and then we were like you know if they'd come in they would have shut us down because in a 150 seat little solarium area that we were in the old building um we had like 300 people mm -hmm. <laughs> spilling out into the, you know, so it it kind of grew in, in popularity. But this guy had kind of a, a packed room, but I think it was more on the fact that people were developing the Tuesday evening habit, oh, you know, sure, like they sure, started sure. just coming. And, um, oh my goodness, um, oh, we had to go to drive-throughs, you know, get him food, I picked him up in Dallas. I can't believe I'm about to tell this, but he needed to go to Walmart to buy underwear. So I went through Walmart and bought underwear with this guy. I think I know something of this story. Yeah, it was. I it, can't remember who it is, but you. I think. Well, I used to live next door to you, so yeah. I know a few no, stories. No, I'm sure. There, yeah, there's no way you've known me as long as you have, and you haven't heard this story because it, it was a little bit of my like, you know, I earned this. And you know, to Marla, our director's credit, afterwards she was like you never have to do that that is not your job right you know so yeah and oh he was just sometimes people fight so hard when they have so little to lose yeah that's those right. are kind of the guys that you want to watch out for so anyway that would be my biggest one um i remember he had an enormous barbie pink suitcase and at some point i found myself lugging that enormous 
suitcase around for this man. So <laughs> that, was, that was the extreme. Now, when I say that the art guys put you through stuff, that was part of their performance. Right, it wasn't like a, that's that at a rigor yeah. that they yeah. brought with them to everything. And they were kind and sweet and lovely people. Yeah, and yeah. They, I learned things from them, but I didn't learn anything from this guy except what not to. Who did you think would be really difficult who ended up just being incredibly gracious and lovely? Oh, Vito Acconci. Really? Oh, my I God. I love that. This man. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Vito Acconci... At the time, the way that I would find people is I would get Art in America, mm -hmm. look at what got, you know where they were, mm -hmm. and then I would call. I rarely went through galleries early on. I would literally call information and ask for the number of Vito Acconci and dial Vito Acconci up, mm -hmm. and he answered on the other end of the phone, mm -hmm. and I told him who I was. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like reporting. Yeah, nothing. Um, I mean, you know, if you're listening somewhere, Vito, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way. But he was a bit of a troll. Like he scared me a lot over yeah. the phone. I yeah. was pretty. I was pretty nervous about what I was getting myself into. I wanted it bad enough that I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. But yes, I was intimidated by him. He got here and he was the most gracious, beautiful human being I've encountered. I mean, really way up there in all of my years. Mm. And his lecture was mesmerizing. Oh. Um, anybody who ever saw Vito give a talk, they know that, or just knew him, they know that he has like, he had these tics mm -hmm. um, and they were kind of fantastic. They, they, they made so much sense with his practice in yeah. a lot of ways. And so he would rock back and forth. And in the solarium, there was no like, the audience was above or there was a stage or anything you were just all on the same level I mean we set up 150 seat chairs every Tuesday mm -hmm. before this thing and you, you know and then tore it down the next day but so he was right there on the same level <clears throat> with the people in the audience and he was just rocking and like talking in this kind of really rhythmic way I can't tell you what he said I just can tell you how he said it it was so experiential and you know and then the other lovely part, which I cannot even believe my good fortune, is that, you know, Cam and I went to dinner with just him, the three of us, mm -hmm. and he he just was so, like I said, so generous. Like, he wanted to know all about us and mm -hmm. our practices, and, and he was, that's yeah. the thing. That's another thing, listeners, is that she doesn't just, you know, pick them up at the airport or have somebody pick them up at the airport. Often she's taking them to dinner or spending time, or showing them fort worth or taking them to buy western wear or oh my god rob store gets a new hat every time he comes that's right and i think that's why he comes i don't think i don't think it any longer has to do with the honorarium i pay or what that he gets to talk about a subject he's like i'm do a hat so he's <laughs> yeah. gonna go to fort worth yeah. and do that yeah. so you've had, you've had some repeat people rob store mm -hmm. is one uh, of them who yeah. else who else has been kind of this is almost like an snl repeat mm -hmm. host like alec Baldwin yeah. or steve yeah. martin who okay that's had, funny to think of it like that You've had um, more than once. Um, well, Rob Store has been a big one, and I do. I try to make myself wait at least five years before I ask him again, and it, I've been able to do that for the most part. Um, <laughs> Bill Berkson came a couple of times. The poet, mm -hmm. he was a lovely person. Mm -hmm. um, Andrea Frazier. Yeah, I have a huge art crush on that I woman. I see. I mean, I like what she does, but. Mostly, I like how 
genuinely intense she is about it. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I love people who have ideas and are like embrace that and, and care, you know, want to talk ideas. So she's come a few times, mm-hmm. I think three, which is a lot, yeah, you know, is, given yeah. how many I've, people I've gone through. Um, Alejandro Cesarco mm-hmm. is somebody I just, you know, came across when I was at the Venice Biennale. He was representing the Uruguay um, Pavilion that year and I loved the work but of course I had no idea what kind of speaker he was or anything I mean I liked that particular body of work and that was the first time I'd ever seen any of his work and he came and it's just the way he presents ideas and just um just how confident he is in his in his subject I mean just you know there are people who can just move around within their subject and they're so comfortable because they know it's real. Um, it's like a skin for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very poetic, but he's, you know, with a, a certain degree of remove, which I think intrigued me. Mm-hmm. So he's come a few, t- two times, I guess, but mm. um, only in the new building. So there's still time for him to come many times. Um, Richard Tuttle. Oh, yeah? I have a real soft spot for Richard Tuttle. He's one of those that, you know, if if you're not prepared for um, listening to him, he could throw you off. In what way? Well, a lot like his work. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't perform according to your expectations. Right, right, right. And, you know, he's he is wholly that I think you know Mm -hmm. at least that's the person I've encountered every time I think he's come three or four times is there anyone whose work you weren't convinced by until you listen to them talk about it and are you comfortable even naming who that would be well yeah I don't know if that's I you know somebody I wasn't that familiar with that I was really blown away by and then I was kind of familiar in sort of the time period that she had kind of come up in, but Agnes Dennis. Yeah. She was, again, somebody who's... Was she showing work at the museum? No, 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 no. Um, I think maybe I, I had come across a, a, enough work or kind of knew about her work historically, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm guessing at this because I'm not sure how I came across her, but, but I learned that she was so much more and I also was just so touched by how much she loved her work and how mm-hmm. much she loved you know I mean how what an honor it was for her to talk about it she was one of those people Marina Abramovich was like that as well mm-hmm. so how, what's the what would you say the ratio is or the percentage of artists that you, you bring in who are showing at the museum during the season mm-hmm. or during the year versus who you bring in simply because you want them. Yeah, well, let's see. And um, I know sometimes that those two things cross over. Yeah, exactly, there's overlap there. Um, well, for example, I love the work of Glenn Ligon. Yes. So I brought Glenn Ligon in, and you know the interesting thing is, is I love his work, but what, and I he'd been on my list, like I just I keep a running list, he'd been on my list for, for years and for whatever reason, I don't know if I had, I don't think I'd ever ask him before, but anyway, when I asked him, it was because I'd read some of his writing. Yeah. And that was like, that cinched it. That's right. You know, an artist who makes and writes like he does. Mm-hmm. So I just had to, and he then he ended up being this incredibly, again, generous person who was more than happy to do it. In fact, kind of thrilled to do it. And, um, and then years later, um, we had the show America. Yeah. So it was like it followed. Um, and there have been a few of those. It's kind of, um, 
think maybe Cornelia Parker. Is that how you met her? I met her because I had a show at Solidius with Jeff McMillan. Right. Who is her husband. Okay. And so I, I think that was my original connection to Cornelia and her work. I mean, I'd known about her work. Like yeah. When I found out he was married to Cornelia Parker, I mm-hmm. knew I lost it. Mm-hmm. We were, I remember we were both installing late at night and how that hadn't come up before, but I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, it just changed everything. Um, and then she had a focus show, and I would have to go back and see what came first, the focus show. Or, so that happens on occasion. But then obviously... Um, my job is to respond to what's you know what's happening curatorially so every time we have an exhibition if it makes sense for an artist if an artist is willing um, or somebody to talk about an artist's work if they're not living or or just an artist doesn't want to talk about the work they send they would rather have a surrogate somebody talk about it then we're going to do that do you i mean do but are there ever shows or exhibitions or programming at the museum where you just personally think eh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have this person. Yeah, talk. there are there are some of those, and then generally I have that person because, <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely won't talk about that. Yeah, but, no, we can't. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, of course there. You know, it's. I mean, I have to say, in 25 years, it's been a rare, rare, rare occasion for that to happen. Right. But it has happened. And, right. Um, yeah, you know, if that person wants to do it, yeah, they, they have a place in the lineup. But if you think about it, so we have an exhibition that runs, you know, fall into winter, so that person comes. Well, the other nine lectures are going to be somebody else. Sure. So it's the larger number of lectures are people who are not necessarily directly related um, to exhibition schedule, but the people that are the artists who are represented through exhibitions, it just makes sense. It's yeah. kind of, and I want to, you know, it's like we get, sometimes, quite often, it means we get a preview because if they're there for the week of installation, mm-hmm. they do the Tuesday and then the show opens that following. So to me, it's like this great way to set the show up now. That's kind of become the, the way it works. Who are some of the, who are some of what, what our listeners would consider like the biggest names you've had Lawrence Weiner mm-hmm. he's was amazing mm-hmm. uh, Robert Irwin mm-hmm. um, Sylvia Plymouth uh, Mangold Robert Mangold uh, Martin Purrier um, Liam Gillick um, uh, Richard Prince so when we opened um, the new the Tadao Ando building um, we opened in December of 2002 so mm-hmm. In January of 2003, a lot of heavy hitters because this was like, um, you know, the people that represented were represented in our um, in our uh, collection because we opened with a collection show. So Carl Andre, wow, yeah, he was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. He didn't want to do it unless it was a conversation. So um, I had a conversation with him, which was really gratifying it was very it was so enjoyable i i think really i was just a way for him to you know somebody to so he had a just reason to, to tell off, the yeah, stories mm-hmm. you know um, because he didn't need me uh Viet salmons oh, i saw that she was amazing wasn't yeah, yeah, she that was oh incredible my gosh 
Ugh. That was one of the more memorable ones for me because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect, but it was yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. she was amazing. Um, Ed Ruscha. Yeah. Um, Dan Graham. Yeah. Bruce Nauman. Oh. Now there was somebody that I I got you know kind of uh, shaking knees over. Sure, I, yeah. sure, of course, of course. He was. Yeah, he's just so important. Lucy Lepard. Oh, yes. I have to say that I found myself being a little fangirlish with sure. her. And you can imagine how much she appreciated fangirl list. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah. Get I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> really don't have time for this. But she was amazing. Is there anyone you pursued and pursued and they just weren't? Ronnie Horn. Really? And she did come. Oh, she doesn't usually do talks. Mm-hmm. No. And, and that's one of those. It's, you know, even though there's, there feels like there's just so much beyond the actual lecture itself in terms of engaging with these people and everything, that's all bonus. And I have totally gotten my money's worth if they come in and deliver a meaningful lecture. Mm-hmm. And with Ronnie Horn, much to her credit, that's exactly what she did. She did. There was nothing more than that because she just like, I'm not here to hang out, mm-hmm. um, which is legit, mm-hmm. you know. And um, no, are, are all of these available to listeners on your archive? Yeah. How much is well, available? What's available? Since the new building, so 2003, everything by way of audio. Right. And I can't remember what year we got our YouTube, so the video has is now available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then prior to that, thanks to Annette Lawrence, as we discussed, they were all on cassette tapes. So I have the, the privilege, the burden of trying to figure out how to do something. I see me, interns in your future. I, I have got to figure out how to delegate and, and know, I need to know what to ask of them. Yeah. You know, um, Alejandra who, uh, Cesarco, who I mentioned earlier, is all about books. If you know anything about him, he's also um, responsible for the um, Between Artists, the ART resources books. But anyway, um, he's all about books. So he, he thinks this needs to be a book, like mm. there needs to be, and if I can ever figure out how to do that I would love for that to exist Mm -hmm. but definitely we have to get you know as much as we can up on the internet so it's available to people way back Vito Aconchi I don't think I have I may surprise myself though and I am I was gonna say you may and I wonder if anyone in the audience recorded it that's a good question there were oh people were so taken with him I was not alone and in my feelings about who him. else was were the was an audience real the audience really pleasantly surprised by there there have been so many I don't know why yeah this I would think be that's hard. true I feel like I've been in the room a yeah, million times I, when the audience it's just, almost like who was it yeah but of course we're not going to make we're not going to talk about that because most weeks like there's something there you know there's just sometimes I mean I think people think oh my goodness you know but again that's a great justification for not charging money well there's also the yeah there is that kind of opposite effect where even for you possibly and I know you probably wouldn't name names where an artist starts to talk about their work and the and the way they speak about it is so 
pedantic or what have you that it sort of deflates it it takes the mystery oh, yeah. out of it and you're like oh, oh that's i liked this before mm -hmm. but now maybe i'm not so yeah. but you know it's all part of, part of the learning process yeah. yeah so who oh so okay again so who would you like who would you like to have who you have not had who's alive and well Mm -hmm. and could uh, could do this. Well, one of the things that I do Is now, it politic to even mention names in that way? I would love to get um, is it Arthur Jaffa, who was just like the amazing um, Venice Biennale. Oh my gosh, he just did, he was, he got the Golden Lion, I mm. think, this time. I want to bring somebody that, you know, everybody hasn't necessarily had access to. There, there has been some, you know, like, after the fact, I learned, oh, so, I'm, you know, Dallas had them not that long ago, which I kind of regret, like, oh, okay. Well. Right, right. Um, not because, not because of comp its competition, but just the opposite. It's like, oh, okay, they've covered that check. Now let's get somebody who we haven't heard from. And um, I would love to have um, Ragnar Oh my yeah. gosh. It seems like he would do it. Oh, I think he would, yeah. I, and I haven't asked, so I mean, I, I, there are people, I'm trying to think of, who have I asked? Ronnie Horn said no for a long time. She finally did it, and I would love to, for her to do it again. Kara Walker um, did it because she had a show. I don't know that she loves, you know, doing that necessarily. I've heard that she's not so into giving yeah, the, I mean, the talks, but. I always say, you know. Which, no. you know, when you hear her talk, like on an R21 or something like that, she's so incredible. Oh, as she was <laughs> when she gave the lecture And you just here. think, oh, this is to her, this is just falling off a log. She could just well, do yeah. this, but she doesn't seem to be particularly well, interested know, in needing to do it. That's it. It's interested in needing to do it. That's, if you, if you don't have that need, I always say, I'm gonna extend the invitation. Mm -hmm. No is a perfectly good answer. Mm -hmm. No is a completely legitimate answer. You and said that uh, Chris Burden never did it. No, Chris Burden never did it. Um, I would have loved to have had Louise Bourgeois. Yeah. I This obviously started way after Felix Gonzalez-Torres, but if I could go back in time, yeah. obviously that would be um, amazing person to hear from. Um, oh, somebody who was amazing, which I knew he was going to be, but I just think he's such a brilliant mind, and he proved to be Greg Bordowitz. Mm -hmm. uh, he's oh he was so good. Um, but now then it's um, it's about um, people, you know, if what I can afford in terms of my budget mm -hmm. is mostly national travel. Plus, you know, people have to have a reason to come over here more than, you know, a one night lecture. So, you know, getting people from Europe or from Asia or wherever, it's not that's not so readily available to me. So that there's some regret in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I see, is there any other? Do you know of any other lecture series in the U.S. that rivals this one? You know, I really don't. I don't either. Not, not. I mean, there are definitely some amazing, which I look at. I, I mean, you know, especially when I was trying to build this, I looked at like what's the MoMA doing, and they would have these series that would be for a block of time. That's right. Or they would have a thematic two, sort of curated. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, or for or they'd have two big ones a year, you mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah, I mean the Nasher does some great speaking series. Yes, they do. But they're not, you know. I think the thing is, is about it makes it unique is that it's once a week, every Tuesday, and that was quite intentional to get people to get in the habit of coming. 
And you do have these very, you have regulars. Yeah. You have oh, yeah. people who, despite not knowing anything about the artist or the art, they'd so show up every mm -hmm. single Tuesday. And they've gotten an incredible education that way. It, they're, these are challenging. These talks are challenging. Yes, they are. Um, as much as I love them, I have to remind myself that they, they're hard sometimes for people. And, you know, but those, there are people who have, Back in the old building, there was a couple, and I wish I could remember their name, but they lived in San Antonio. They would pick like three a season. And drive up. I can see them. I cannot pull their names up, but I can see them. And they would come. Yeah. Just, yeah. But also, this has also been part of the evolution of this program, is it was standing room only for a good period of time there. But in a way, like you said, in this particular way, it was the only game in town. It was before the Nasher. Mm -hmm. The Nasher, I think, does. I think there's enough similarity with our sensibilities that, you know, that there's just more for people to choose from now. It's a good problem. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite the same. Like, if I have a really big name, then yes, we know we're going to be doing live broadcasts in the cafe. Yeah. But, um, you know, otherwise, it's always a very respectable. I mean, it's Tuesday night in Fort Worth, Texas, and, you know, 100-plus people show up. That's not insignificant. That's right. Ever. Um, but, yeah. So, um, when you... Have you... Has, has an artist ever... Besides the art guys, I guess, has an artist really ever used the Tuesday evening to essentially perform I mean and Annette Lawrence did it too but mm -hmm. to really perform art to create mm -hmm. a work of art right in front of the audience's eyes yes and it's always so I always think that's so bright well um Lauren Cross she had a tattoo in the middle of the she did and it was very performative the whole thing was very performative right um in a very different way in a really kind of quiet way, Jim Hodges mm -hmm. didn't really want to do this, mm -hmm. but he agreed to. And um, he came and his gallery had put together the slides. He didn't want to do that. So his gallery had put together the slides. He put them in and then he stood up and he asked if there was anybody in the audience who would like to advance the slides. And so he just sat down with his back to the screen and began to talk. Um, and this person was, you know, going through, so there was a performative aspect to mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, what he didn't anticipate is that number one, that person who I think was a little bit nervous, but was hitting reverse instead of forward. <laughs> and he knew that because his slides were showing up in the glass of the control room above. So, um, but that was kind of performed. And then there's always Andrea Frazier, who, um, why does Fred Sandback make me cry? Mm. And she read that piece and she became very emotional. Mm. And people were like, was that performative or was that real? And yeah, I was going to say, you've sometimes had baffled audiences. Um, David Wilson from the Museum of Jurassic Technology, mm -hmm. people left thinking, was that real or was it? And I don't think I know. Mm. Um, Martine Gutierrez, mm -hmm. um, if you go back and look just this past it's season. very recent. Hers was, was very performative and beautiful, well done. 
Um, is that I wonder if that's going to become more, more of uh, the way younger artists are using these kinds of lectures. Have you noticed any kind of generational? Maybe not. Maybe you have. Is, is there any generational difference in the way artists use the, the resources available, like the mm -hmm. the screens, the sound, the stage? The, uh, any? Mm -hmm. are, you, are there trends? Well, I, you know, you do see things come and, and go, which is kind of interesting. Um, 25 years isn't that big of a, of a scope, but it, it you, ha you know, I have seen things kind of come and go, um, more performative, more direct, more, I mean, there was a time when we were using slides and yeah. carousels, but, um, you know, like Bruce High Quality. Right. And they kept up their, you know, they didn't give their names. Right, they, they stayed in character. They stayed in character, um, but yeah, so. Do you have a sense of how how valuable this archive is? And do you have a sense of how inspirational or influential it has been on so many people? And especially an artist that we mm -hmm. love and know here mm -hmm. and who've gone out into the world, and do you know how? <laughs> well, you know, um, I do because people tell me Good. that that you know that that has mattered to them. And another really driving force for this is that to me this is this is school. You know, so it's school for working artists because mm -hmm. we never want to stop educating ourselves. And you know, for all of the students that are at all of the universities, Metroplex is just chock full of universities. Yes, and um, I want this to be there. Tuesday evening series, you yeah, know? and um, so yeah, I've, you know, I've think about uh, Randy Guthmiller came when he was in high school, and yeah, he came all the way through. Rachel Stein was coming Rachel, in high school. Um, Zeke Williams, mm -hmm. who was at the I've always known as Thomas mm -hmm. Williams for I that just reason. I saw him a few hours because ago. he was. Um, he was a kid. Micah. He was a kid in the old building. That's right. Zeke was. I mean, he in fact, um, yeah, he would. His mom would drop him off and pick him up. Oh. It's sweet. And, and then our own Christopher Blay wrote that really nice oh, piece about yes. how important it's been. I know. Yeah, that was beautiful. And yes, Chris Christopher Blay has been a mainstay. He's one of those, like, I look out there and I don't start the introduction until I see him in his seat. <laughs> so, see his face. So him moving to Houston is throwing oh, a kink. sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're personally responsible. Oh, It's throwing dear. a kink in my... Uh, yeah, you're gonna need to find a new, a new, uh, a new one, a new touchstone in the yeah. audience. There are a few of them, there but are he a was few. A, he's an important one. Um, so how is this? Let's let me ask you, since you are an artist, how has how does this inform what you do, what you make, how you oh. does it change by the week? Do you bring it oh. in to the studio with you? Mm -hmm. And I mean, how has it affected your work? It is really just an archive. I mean, it's a conversation. It's just an ongoing 25-year conversation that you know happens every week that just contributes to this larger internal conversation that you know it's coming. I mean, in ways, I wish that I could just pull it up in full form. You know, that I had it all in there in some kind of file. That that's the way the the mind worked, but. Um, it's more like it's it's as much in my pores now as That's it is right. in my brain. You know, um, it just it's who I am, and I clearly make art out of it because it is who I am. It's it's contributed enormously 
to me as a person and, and therefore as an artist, I think. Do you feel like artists who you have as guests, do you feel like the times that we're living in, these mm-hmm. extremely conflicted, rough times that we're living in, do you feel like more artists are addressing that, the poli- politics of our age mm-hmm. head on in their work and in their lectures? Is it affecting you and your work? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, how, is this, how is this seeping into what's happening at the museum and with your series, with mm-hmm. your work, if that's a fair enough question? Well, it's a big question. It is a big it's question. It's a big conversation. Um, but um, yes, of course. I mean, I think we've all seen like social-based practices have been springing up for what fifteen years. Yeah. But, you know, I think in uh, these times, and and I think kind of um, you know like somebody I, that I think of is Uta Barth came and she talked about how she's very socially active and politically active but not in her work that there's right. a separation um, there and that and so yeah it's it's interesting to see um, you know what the responses are some are very direct and deliberate which would be uh, you know a really overt social practice mm-hmm. and others are just become more and more poetic mm. and more and more about you know slowing down mm-hmm. and remembering uh, memory and um, contact and uh, you know the making connections you know those those are kind of things that become matter again mm-hmm. that we, you know we remember that we can't afford to disconnect but that leaves us kind of out in the wilderness in times like this. That mm-hmm. we, so <clears throat> it's it is fascinating. I, I I've always said I but you know I I died. I just would love to like spring forward fifteen years. But now then things move so quickly. You don't it doesn't require fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. But I used to say I just want to see this moment fifteen years in the future. Mm-hmm. What are we learning from this? What you know what what's the outcome? Mm-hmm. How do we process this? Um, and I, you know, this is an incredibly intense moment we're in right now. And I, <clears throat> oh, I don't even know. I just think that it sent artists into an identity crisis. Right. And I think everybody has their variation of um, of responses to our moment that you know they've you know found their various ways to try to work through, but. I really, I just thought, wow, where does this leave art? Like, how does, how does art respond to this? And, and I think it's taken us a minute to. I'm not sure we know yet. Still, I, I think you're right. I don't think we do know. No, I, I think we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have any real perspective on it. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe we're getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And so maybe that's gonna we're gonna be able to find our voices and mm-hmm. and do what we do and not assign them to some sort of solution, but right. to let them be and let people find solutions in them if they're there to be found. You know that I think that's the way it feels like. It feels so urgent, and I don't think um, art generally operates within that kind of urgency. Mm-hmm. That urgent sort of mode. I just don't. Right, right. I think a sense of humor is important. I'm, I'm being 
somebody I didn't mention in the performative mm-hmm. um, aspect was um, Shelby Meyer and Iva Kennard. Mm-hmm. Theirs was their their presentation was so fantastic. Mm. And it was very performative. Did you have any idea what they no, were going to do? Well, um, I'm trying And for our listeners, Shelby Meyer is a Dallas-based artist, and Ivan Kennard is a Houston-based artist. They're young. Mm-hmm. And they, had, they were paired up for a show. Which is what gave me the idea to ask them to do this together. Right, right, right. It wasn't at uh, the museum. It was at TWU, yeah. I believe. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That is right. Yeah, I just... Mm. I thought, well, that'll be fun. Let's try that. But I think they were like, why did you pick us? But then they ended up, it, was, it made sense. And they were, they were fantastic. And I think mostly I just had to okay some things because um, if you go back and watch that one, Shelby is in the galleries while the rest of us are all in the lecture room and in the auditorium. And um, I was talking and... Shelby's missing and where is he and then he shows up on the screen so he's you know and he's walking around the galleries so I had to know enough to get make sure that we had permission for him to be in there alone in the galleries right, doing that. Yeah, but you just weren't sure what but I didn't know beyond it's that. so nice when artists in, in Texas are as you know are doing the thing that surprises you and pleases oh, you the most absolutely no, <laughs> and no it happens a lot I think it does I it does I mean when I said that earlier you know I don't want to give the impression that when I took this on, I thought, well, I'm going to bring in the big shots. Uh, the big shots live here and make amazing work and have, you know, incredible ideas. That's right. Your, yeah. your program has never felt to me like that kind of pandering, um, for lack of a better word, star-fucking kind of like, it's got to be the biggest art star of the moment or it doesn't count. I mean, you've never capitulated to that kind of, pressure or and I don't I don't imagine that you've had a community that's ever asked for that either but it just does not interest me it really doesn't (laughs) I get to have who you really want to see like I said there are occasions when I need to you know I need to be responsive to what's happening in the galleries and it it may lend itself to that you know Um, but um, it's not for that reason that I'm, I'm having that person speak. As you know, Candé Wiley filled the house, mm-hmm. but he also had some amazing things to say. Yeah. And, you know, so he delivered. So, yeah, great. I'm glad those two things worked out. I would certainly didn't, wasn't excited about him being here because he was going to fill the house. I mm-hmm. was excited because of what he was going to say. That's right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a serendipitous thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, who, who, is, who's coming up in the next season? Who you're like, you would like for people to not miss if they if they maybe hadn't heard about them before. Definitely check out the season. Susan York is makes beautiful, quiet, smart work. Mark Bradford will deliver in yeah. the biggest way. That'll be a panel, and that so that'll be interesting too because of the nature of that panel. And I'm trying to, um, without again, I, I kind of don't want to um, to privilege anybody in particular. It's going to be just a really lovely season. So check it out. Okay, we will. And uh, for those of you listening, go to the 
the Modern's website, and you can see some of these are videos, and, and there's audio dating back to the beginning of the Ando building, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And some audio that you're you're going yes, to I'm make going available. To, yes, <laughs> yes. And, you know, I haven't mentioned through all of this my partner in crime, um, which is John Knuckles. Oh, right. Who is our AV guy. Yay, and John. If it, yes, yay, John. And if anybody could make that happen. And he's he asked me about it periodically. It just feels like I get too busy and we don't, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. But he... He's on it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Those earliest ones are going to show up. Well, thank you so much for doing it. Yeah. It's been amazing. And I we were so spoiled to have had this program for so long, you guys. And it's incredibly rare. And it's not. It's just not something that you can find in other cities and other parts of the U.S. It really has been an incredible run and an incredible education for those of us who have been able to take advantage of it. Um, I don't know anyone who takes it for granted. I don't think I know anyone who takes it for granted. I don't granted. think I do. And I think it's the envy of museums everywhere. And um, we so appreciate that you have done it and that you've Aww. done it with your artist's eye. Aw, that's, that's nice. That's one of the things that makes it so special, actually. So thank you. And we will... Uh, so with that, that is the end of our podcast. And uh, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, <laughs> I, I am going to go to the barbecue okay. um, at the Nasher. Oh, that's very yeah. Texan and very yeah. arty. Yeah, the art prize. Oh, barbecue. you're going to get you're going to yeah. do the Rackowitz. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then um, I have some work in an exhibition at Barry Whistler's. All right. And um, maybe there'll be an art a gallery talk. Oh, okay, um, great. That, Great, great. Not great. this weekend, though. That would be the following weekend. Okay. And yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, everybody, go see some art. <laughs> <laughs>